Blog Talk Radio. Bender Book Show on the Bookstake Network. I'm your host, Kyle Alexander Romai. Uh, a word about me for our listeners out there. I'm an author from Kentucky. I'm also a, a medical doctor. I graduated from the University of Louisville School of Medicine in 2017. Uh, my debut horror novel, The Keeper of the Crows, uh, appeared on the preliminary ballot of the 2015 Bram Stoker Awards. I have a total of 10 books available on Amazon now, horror, science fiction, fantasy, murder mystery, superhero, and thriller. And they're all available for purchase on Amazon in ebook and paperback. Now, on this show, I review horror novels and interview authors joined by some of my co-hosts and friends. And tonight, I'm joined by my co-host, Joe Mills. Uh, Joe, why don't you introduce yourself for our audience? Certainly. Hi, everybody. My name is Joe Mills. I'm happy to be here. I'm co-host here with Kyle. Um, while I'm not an author, I am an overall horror and terror enthusiast. I read quite a lot, generally identified as a nerd and a gamer. And to be honest, I'm just thrilled to be helping Kyle in exploring new books and getting them on the air for people to, to find them. And Joe, it's actually been a while since we've been on the air. Do you have, have you been? Do you have any new stories for our, our listeners? Uh, nothing too much. A lot of gaming stuff. A lot of work at UPS. Sadly, it's uh, it's peak now, so they've got everybody running running hard and fast. Uh, we did. I did get involved in a gaming charity last weekend in Lexington, and it was we played D and D for a little under twenty four hours straight. We also had uh, video game streaming on Twitch, so the D and D on Twitch and board games, including uh, Betrayal on the House on the Hill, where for the first time I was the bad guy. And I How almost beat them. I almost had them, Kyle. I almost had them, but they they swooped in at the last second and they got me. But thanks to all of our efforts, uh, we did actually raise forty five hundred dollars for the Children's Miracle Network for Lexington. Wow, wow, that's awesome. What was yep. your scenario? Um, it was the one where uh, my explorer had been possessed by a demon, and then he was trying to kill or possess the other people in the house. Now, while two other people did end up dying, it was through no action of my own. They bumbled some roles and some things went very poorly. They blamed them on me and I'm just sitting back going, guys, I haven't even done anything yet. So two of the four had, had died and then uh, they had to guess my name by making some knowledge rolls with some tablets and stuff. And they finally uh, figured it out, called my name while my character was in the room and banished me and escaped the house and lived. Wow. Well, let's get started. Tonight, I am honored to have with us Travis Liebert. Now, Travis is a horror of the recent number one horror anthology bestseller on Amazon in several categories. And the name of his anthology is Things Undone. Uh, Joe, will you read Travis's bio for our listeners? Certainly. Travis Liebert is a 20-year-old Louisville native and member of the widely invasive species Homo sapiens sapiens. His hobbies include reading, writing, and anything else that indicates he's intelligent and literate. 
He went to Trinity High School, where he openly brandished his repertoire of useless knowledge as captain of the Quiz Bowl team. He is now a perpetually absent student at the University of Louisville, and you can find him on Instagram at, at Travis Liebert. His email is travismlebert at gmail.com. Uh, please refrain, refrain from sending him hate mail, as he would prefer to just meet you in person and get punched in the face. If you'd like to kick his teeth in, please contact his agent to arrange a meeting. Travis, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Happy to be here. Well, Travis, why don't you tell the, our listeners a little bit about yourself in your own words? All right, so um, I'm currently a junior at the University of Louisville. I'm majoring in psychology and minoring in philosophy, maybe, possibly. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I got my start with writing and poetry, although I've kind of been writing my entire life. I started with prose, really, uh, and ended up moving into poetry. never really wrote with any seriousness until probably around 2017, and then I released a few poetry collections back in 2018, and then my recent book, Things I'm Done, is actually really my first genuine, sincere venture into prose work ever. And do you think that your background in poetry helped prepare you for that? Um, I think to some degree it did. I think it gave me a better kind of grasp of just syntax and how to structure sentences in a more, I guess, poetic way that really helps with setting up kind of tense scenes that you would find in uh, horror, especially cosmic horror. Um, additionally, I actually include poems in my book so that, of course, really limited itself to building my own mythos. And where can you find Things Undone? Is it online? What are the forms you can purchase it? And how much does it cost? So uh, Things Undone is currently exclusively available on Amazon. It's available in Kindle format as well as a paperback. Um, the Kindle right now is actually only $0.99, cents, and it should be $0.99 cents for about three days now. After that, it will go back up to three ninety nine, which is a normal price. And then uh, the paperback is nine ninety nine. Well, I have to tell our listeners out there, I had the opportunity to read a copy of Things Undone. And if you enjoy horror, if you just enjoy good writing, if you enjoy deep meaning in your stories, these are layered stories. They're all connected by a theme, but they all stand alone. Uh, it really is the best type of horror anthology. I'm very passionate about this book. It's one of the two best horror anthologies of 2019, I would say. Now, with with that in mind, Joe, would you mind reading the blurb for Things Undone? Certainly. Here's the blurb for Things Undone. All things unknown and unknowable are coming to light. Strange creatures wander the dark canopies of Germany's Black Forest. A young boy harbors something both dark and divine within him. A man learns to control his dreams only to find an ancient evil imprisoned within them. Something lurks in the shadows of a woman's house, and it wants her baby. All of these things and more in this collection of 18 terrifying tales. Get it now and discover the terrors that lurk within. Now, Travis, why don't you tell us a bit about the anthology in your own words? What are the themes you tried to work into your books? Uh, what inspired your book? You mentioned your background in poetry, but what was the genesis of this desire to move from poetry in this creation of a horror anthology, which is something that's very distinct? Yeah, so um, Things Undone uh, is 
part of a greater mythos that I've called the Shattered God Mythos, and it's this kind of string that interconnects all the stories. Um, all the stories are disparate in some sense, although you can draw connections between some of them, especially with uh, the poems that are interspersed between them, which within my mythos come from an ancient prophetic book called the Book of Zalak. Um, as far as inspirations go, I'd say that really my two biggest inspirations for this collection are H.P. Lovecraft and Thomas Ligotti. And I really tried to synthesize their two different styles in this, in the sense that Lovecraft really tried to codify his own mythos within his works. Uh, whereas Ligotti, he uh, put a lot of philosophical meaning within his stories. And his, I mean, Lovecraft's a beautiful writer, but Ligotti is, some say he meanders it a bit, but his writing is very beautiful and just prosaic and even poetic. Uh, and I tried to blend the two with a complex mythos as well as poetic and philosophical writing together in a larger work. Well, having read your book, I can say you accomplished that goal and then some. Uh, I was struck by these stories in many ways are devastating. Uh, they're, they're stories that stay with you after you finish them. You're thinking not just about the story and the characters, but also the themes. So we'll get into that in a little bit, but I just wanted to mention that you were if that was your goal, you, you completely succeeded. Now, what what interests you, Travis, about the horror genre specifically? So, I think horror is an interesting, and I think honestly, largely underutilized genre. Um, you know, I think it relies on a lot of con, like typical jump scares, ghosts, classic stuff. But um, I really like to see you know, strong themes and philosophical notions and meaning within the things I read. And I feel like horror is a really great avenue for doing that because, I mean, in horror you can be faced with uh, powers well beyond your own fathoming. And uh, that's kind of, you know, representative of what it's like going about life. And there's all kinds of parallels you can draw between that, um, many of them nihilistic, but nonetheless pretty important to just kind of understand or at least be aware of. So uh, that's a really big draw for me. In addition to the fact that it's it's just a genre I've always enjoyed. I think I started reading Stephen King when I was probably 10 years old. I read his book, It, when I was in fifth grade. I mean, I've wow. always been a huge fan of horror, particularly King. Yeah. Now, we're going to liven things up. We're going to play a little game. And this is going to put you on the spot, Travis. Now, right. I want you... In the span of 30 seconds, after I run this introduction, 30 seconds for each story in your book, name your each short story in your book and give a brief description, 30 seconds or less, of each one of the stories in your book. All right, so here we go. stories yeah i'll tell you what I'll, right, i can name them out for him in random order and then he can uh right, he can tell that, me about them. okay okay travis tell me about the terrors of dr marrow uh okay so the terror of dr marrow terrors of dr marrow is it's a book about this small town called miles uh, uh the title is actually a reference uh, to a book called the island of dr marrow which is why the town's called isle 
Um, but there's a doctor there who no one knows how old he is, even the oldest in the town. Like, I remember seeing him at some point in their youth. And they have this huge festival every year, uh, every five years, rather. And in this festival, Dr. Mero kind of wanders the streets in the darkness, and he takes a child, and everyone knows about it, but they all kind of ignore it. And he takes him back to his house, and everyone assumes he's doing it for, uh, oh, you know, sorry, uncouth purposes. Story. You're right out of time. Ah, nah, all right. Got to move on to the next one. Tell me about the oak. Ah, the oak. So the oak is about a young boy who particularly loves climbing trees. And one day he uh, he's dared to climb like the tallest tree around and he climbs very high and he falls and he dies upon its roots. And his father buries him and as sort of a memorial for him. He buries him using the new kind of uh, tree funeral where you can plant a pod with their ashes and it grows a tree. And then slowly a gravekeeper begins to hear wailing come from the tree and it starts to grow what seems to be a face and odd things. Well, next happen. story. Oh, these sound really good. I'm kind of sorry we have to move on. Tell me about The Little God. All right, The Little God is about... So a kid's friends dare him to go to what's called a witch's house, which is supposedly a house in their neighborhood where folk legends say a witch lives. And he's babysitting his little brother. He's around 10 years old, and he brings his little brother along. And he goes inside the house. His little brother waits inside. And all he finds is this chest that's shaking and moving, and it's so strange. And he suddenly hears a baby crying inside. So he opens it, and he feels a gust of wind, but there's nothing there. And when he comes back out after the owner of the house finds him, his brother seems changed, a lot more powerful, a lot Next. different. Oh, my God. <laughs> tell me, Travis, tell me about Art Becomes Him. Art Becomes Him is about a starving artist. Um, he is really down on his luck. He's not sold a single painting, and as long as he's remembered, he has no food whatsoever, and he's just desperate for any kind of inspiration, and suddenly it just hits him with some kind of like godlike force, and it takes control of him, and he starts painting and painting, and he runs out of canvases, so he moves to the other objects in his room, and he paints everything, until finally he begins to paint himself, and he starts to hear and speak to something and become part of something greater. Okay. Tell me about The Confession. So The Confession is strongly influenced by uh, actually the fact that I grew up in Catholic schools my whole life. And uh, it takes place in a church and draws on the, a lot of their theology and imagery. And uh, it's about a woman who, in a strange kind of cult-like church where everything feels just a little off, she says she wants to confess her sins. And they do confession a little differently, and they worship something quite different from a normal God. And it ends in a very unexpected way. Ooh, okay, okay. Tell me about The Mimic. So The Mimic is actually the first story I wrote for this collection, and it's about two guys. They go on a camping trip as sort of a parting trip before they go to college, and they decide to go to these caves that's called the Golgotha Caves, which are very dangerous, supposedly haunted monsters of security. They're closed off to the public. They sneak in, and they find something well beyond what they could fathom in there, uh, and needless to say, has some pretty dangerous repercussions. Okay, okay. Tell me about Ghost Town. Ghost Town is about these two guys. They're on a road trip, uh, kind of similar to the Uh They're out west. They're in the Black Rock Desert. And their car breaks down, and they see a town on the horizon that just seemed to appear out of nowhere. So they go and try to find parts for their car, but it's weird. It's like an old west town. It doesn't seem like there's anyone there. Everything's just too perfect. Everything's just a little off. 
and they get to the center of town, and things start to change, and the animal sounds are a little wrong. Oh, dang it. Okay, tell me about the labyrinth, please. Labyrinth is about a guy who goes to Alaska for a logging operation, and it's written as a letter to his basically ex-girlfriend. And he goes in the forest to mark some trees, and he finds some stones leading to some underground passageway, and he goes down there, and he finds something just absolutely miserable, and he's trapped there for a very long time, but not quite a long time in a way. I don't want to give that away, but uh, okay, yeah, okay, okay. Tell me about the reality contagion. So the reality contagion is about uh, this character who has a really poor relationship with his mother. He's always been into the occult, into the spiritual, and he's always been a very logical and precise person, and he can't, frankly can't stand her. Uh, it's been years since he spoke to her, but one day she calls him, and she's ranting about this darkness that she's contacted, this thing she sees, this unreality that exists beyond her own. And he dismisses it at first, but eventually he decides to take her to a, um asylum, and he takes her there, and everyone in the asylum suddenly seems up. scared of her. And, dang it, dang it, dang it. Okay. Okay, uh, tell me about so The Grey King. Yeah. What's that? The Grey King. Uh, the Grey King is about a young boy who has very vivid, uh, lucid dreams. He can control them. And one day he wakes up and finds that one of the objects from his dreams is in his hand. Oh. He realizes he can bring things back from his dreams, but they don't last long in a reality. And the more complex they are, the less long they last. And the more bastardized they become, they become strange. Um, and one day in one of his dreams, he comes across this dark figure unlike anything he's seen. People don't exist in these dreams. It's like a fantasy landscape that's just nature. And the thing begins to follow him and get closer and closer and closer every time he sleeps until one day it's upon him and it begs him to take him out. Next. Well, it doesn't beg, it tells. Oh, uh, dang it. Okay. Uh, tell me about a correspondence. So Correspondence is actually a um, collaborative narrative between me and Jacob Romines, who wrote a, uh, another horror book called Something Other that was released earlier this year. Uh, it sort of inspired many of my stories, and I worked closely with Jacob throughout it. And it's a correspondence between two of the doctors that appear in our stories that helps to kind of flesh out our mythos and also appeal to and connect to other stories in the future. Hmm. Okay, so a bridge. Mm-hmm. I like it. Okay, tell me about The Greatest Conqueror. Uh, The Greatest Conqueror is an allegorical sort of story. It's actually based on Edgar Allan Poe's The Conqueror, which is a really beautiful, awesome poem that inspired a lot of horror um, and actually kind of inspired the uh, cosmic horror genre back in the 1930s. But um, it discusses sort of the... Uh, tradition and the ritual of a funeral, but then it discusses a second tradition that happens after the casket is lowered into the earth. Okay, okay. Tell me about the dark web. So the dark web is about this young boy who is absolutely obsessed with playing his Nintendo Switch that he got for Christmas to the point where it's all he does, and his parents take it away, tell him to do something, anything else, and he simply can't. He's just absolutely fixated on it. And while fixating on this his computer ends up on a strange website with a strange gesture figure over the clown and it speaks to him. It sends him messages and it tells him where to find his game and it gets it back and his parents take it again and it tells him where it is, but he can't get it back. So it tells him how to manipulate his parents 
and it continues to obstruct him until some incredibly terrible things begin to occur as a result of his actions. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, tell me about The Grove. So The Grove is about these two, uh, this couple that's on a honeymoon in Germany's Black Forest. Um, they end up trying to get as far away from people as possible, really going off trail, and they end up going down this really small road, and they're, they stop by the side of the road to camp. Um, and while they're camping, the man wakes up, and he hears like what sounds like thousands of voices just whispering outside the tent and something walking around, something huge. And the next thing he knows, a huge tree has fallen on his car and crushed it, and they're stuck. And there's no towns for miles around, so they just start walking. And when they start walking, uh, the thing next. that he heard the night before. Dang it, dang it, dang it. Okay. Uh, Travis, please tell me about Home Sweet Home. Home Sweet Home is about this uh, essentially pregnant woman who moves into a, an old Victorian home she got for very cheap due to her father's um, will, some money he left her. And her uh, her baby's father is a deadbeat, essentially. He left. She's on her own. She's very much trying to be independent uh, and trying to ignore all the bad things, the crap that's been happening in her life. And when she moves in, something's just off about the home, and she hears whisperings about wanting her baby, about how she's a bad mother, about right, how she doesn't deserve to have it. Dang it. Dang it. Okay. Please tell me about Sins of the Father. Sins of the Father is about this um, patient who comes to see a new therapist, and the therapist begins to help him through some issues, but the patient begins revealing some quite strange and oddly familiar to the therapist facts about his previous life. And uh, it ends with quite a surprise for the therapist as well as an interesting turn of events for the patient. Okay. Please tell me about Beyond the Mask. Beyond the Mask features a character who he exists basically at the edge of everyone's perception. He is kind of beyond humanity. He's an immortal figure, and no one really notices him. He kind of just drifts aimlessly through the world, but children see him sometimes, and one particular child is weirdly fixes on him, actually, like, remembers him instead of just, like, noticing him every now and then and becomes friends with him. But then that kid sees something that he shouldn't behind the man's mask and bad things that happen. Okay. Please tell me about Bones. Uh, Bones is about a um, professor, doctor, and uh, one day, out for no reason, with no label, with no delivery, on a Sunday, he just finds a package at his door, and it's got a fossil from an expedition to the Arctic Circle in it. And he becomes obsessed with this thing, just absolutely obsessed with its beauty and the way it looks and the way it feels, and he can't stop talking about it, and he can't stop thinking about it, and then there are other things he can't stop thinking about, and it leads him down some dark thought paths and eventually some dark actions. Okay. Please tell me about the very first story in your anthology, Prisoner Zero. So Prisoner Zero is about this basically John Doe, an unnamed prisoner, who is taken in on the account of numerous murders he Basically, he cut some bodies open from throat to groin, sewed them back up, and buried them. And no one knows why. And while he's in there, he's extremely placid. No one really cares about him. He's not subject to the typical American system. But then he begins to change, and he has this weird mantra he repeats. And he's just oddly terrifying to everyone around him. And one day, they open up his cell, and they find something that they never would have expected. Oh, okay. 
Uh, I believe that we have now hit everything uh, within the Things Undone collection of horror stories. Travis, Travis, my hat is off to you. As writers, it can be difficult to summarize things in a short amount of time. We can we tend to be very verbose, but you only went over a few times. You really stuck the landing as you kept going, yeah. hitting that 30-second mark. All right, well, I'd like to remind our listeners, we're about halfway through the show, that this is the Hellbender Book Show on the BookSpeak Network. And I'm your host, Kyle Alexander Romine. I'm joined by my co-host, Joe Mills. And tonight we have with us Travis Liebert, the author of the recent number one best-selling horror anthology on in several categories on Amazon, Things Undone. Well, now we get to one of my favorite parts of the show, and that's when our aspiring audiobook narrator, Joe Mills, narrates passages from our stories. And Travis has been kind enough to provide us with an excerpt from his novel, Things Undone. Now, Joe, are you prepared to narrate the passage? I certainly hope that I stay sane for all of it. All right. Now, I will play an intro, and after which... You can begin reading the story. To set the mood, here we go. there was an anomaly. Some may call him God, or Allah, or one of the other countless names for the varied and idealistic deities of man. Others may know him simply as the universe. The scientific and precise may even go so far as to call him the Big Bang. All that matters is that he was the prime, the things that existed before all things, the great force from which all of existence was born. He ruled all realms and all realities. He was the creator and the destroyer, the sire of order and purveyor of chaos. He reigned above all things, and all things over which he reigned were good. Everything existed as it was meant to be, and every fragment of reality rested in its proper place. However, after an eternity, the creator began to change. One would think something such as him would be immutable, changeless, but time weighs down upon all. In creating time, he became his own undoing. The child murders the father. His mind fractured, and he became a demented shell of what once existed. The inevitability of his decline was not unknown to him, and it instilled in him a new state of being, that of terror. For he would become mindless, unaware of his own actions, and capable of even the simplest thought. He would become an unhinged, omnipotent force. All of reality would be torn apart and sewn back together over and over again. Everything and nothing would become one, and all of existence would suffer. Everything he had worked for would come undone. In the midst of his madness, he decided upon a way to mitigate the destruction brought on by his decline. The creator shattered himself into countless pieces 
an infinite number of his aspects, each with a portion of his power. In doing so, reality itself shattered into an infinite number of parallels, which thus diverged. They were all mad, just as he was, but nonetheless he was able to separate himself and thus reduce his potential for undoing. He became known as the Shattered God, and for eons his aspect lay dormant. However, one by one, they began to awake. They woke angrily, like hibernating animals driven from their slumber. And in time, they began to wreak havoc upon the world. The following stories are a chronicle of this terror, an elegy on the death of order as the shattered gods' aspects all began to rise. What follows is an account of the undoing and all the chaos that followed. As order dies and chaos thrives, things begin to breathe. They squirm and rise, writhe within the earth, aching to be free. Now come the darker, twisted things that existed in between. And lo, they come the cosmic ones, things best left unseen. They gather now a midnight sun, a mass of eldritch beings, the enders of this broken world of all we see or seem, unknowable and foreign things, devourers of dreams. The primal god is shattered now, tis the end of everything. Cantos 1, the Book of Zalok. Well, something caught my ear when I was listening to Joe narrate that uh, things unseen in the poem. If you release a sequel to Things Undone, you should consider using that as a title. So uh, I've thought ahead, and uh, that was actually completely intentional. Oh, nice. Well, yeah. I also wanted to mention what a wonderful job you have done creating your mythos. I was focusing earlier on the meaning, the layers of your story, the philosophical sense you get. Uh, I spoke about how interesting the plot and unique your voice is as a writer. Uh, I spoke of how skilled you are with your background in poetry at writing, your prose. But I also wanted to talk about how effective you are with this shattered god mythos you've created. Uh, You really get a strong aspect of it in each story in the collection. Uh, And I think the prologue and these poems that you have interspersed through the book really help to build horror anthologies. um, Sometimes, especially if it's multiple author collaboration, they run the risk of being too disparate. But instead, your book, even though you have completely different stories that are all unique, you really get that sense of a mythos, which is one of the things I think is a selling point of things undone. I mean, yeah, uh, I think that was, I enjoy writing short stories, but I don't enjoy just writing kind of one-offs. I don't enjoy writing disparate little stories that don't interconnect. My goal with this was to create a greater narrative, something you could really get into and dig through and look for connections and uh, in a lot of ways, it's kind of like the lore of like video games or something. Uh, I've actually heard that from a few reviewers where it's something you can really get into and there's a lot of possibilities and a lot of connections you can draw. And I really intend to just make this a sprawling sort of expression of, one I want, of what I want to do, just a huge narrative. Well, playing off that narrative that you mentioned, 
two of my favorite stories in your collection, The Grey King and Home Sweet Home, both left me wanting more. They were both so captivating, the idea for each, that I thought they could be movies or short films or even full-fledged novels. Um, do you have any plans to branch off from anthologies and poetries into longer-form fiction? Um, yeah, I do intend to branch off into novels, ideally. Um, I started working on a fantasy novel several months ago. It's kind of been tabled for now. I'm not quite sure if I'm going to finish it, but I would like to, although this won't play into my mythos. However, regarding the two stories you mentioned, I have actually, uh, quite recently, I wrote a story that connects to Home Sweet Home that builds upon the mythos that that one is particularly involved with. And uh, I just started writing a essentially sibling story to the Grey King yesterday. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait to read both of those. Now, you have a, you have also have a number of free short stories and uh, other content. Will you tell us about those? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So aside from my poetry collections, which I'm not currently really promoting much, I really would love to focus on horror. I think it's more my preferred genre. It's something I want to be deeply involved in and entrenched in. Um, but regarding my free stuff, so The Reality Contagion, which is uh, one of the longer stories in my collection, is actually available for free on Amazon uh, on Kindle. And uh, in addition to that, I also have a story called Badwater. Now, to give you a little background, I write quite frequently on Reddit's r slash nosebleed forum, which is a forum for horror stories, ideally written in a little more realistic style, meant to be presented as if they really happened. And I wrote a really successful story about a search and rescue scuba diver who comes across some strange things that eventually play into the Shattered God mythos. And I believe the first one in that series got 11,000 upvotes, and then it just went up from there. Um, but Badwater is essentially sort of a compiled, edited, and slightly revised version of that. And in addition to that, I also have a few free stories on Reddit that I've written for No Sleep, where you can find on my subreddit r slash Travis Liebert. Great. I think I've actually um, seen your name on No Sleep before. Now that I think about it, because I actually I go on there semi-frequently. Yeah, I've been on the front page like most days out of the past couple of weeks. Yep. And deservedly so. I, I can't sell things undone strongly enough to the audience. If you're a listener out there, this Things Undone, Travis Lieber, look it up on Amazon. It is only 99 cents. It is worth every penny, but you only have a short time to buy it. So literally pull Amazon up right now on your device and buy it. Uh, let's talk about your the reception of Things Undone because it is getting rave reviews. There's a reason you've been so prominent on No Sleep. And, Joe, we actually have some of Travis's reviews that we've selected to read. Uh, would you mind narrating some of those reviews? Certainly. So we have one from Kaz. It is a five out of five star review. And Kaz tells Travis, I struggle to find words to describe how much I've enjoyed this book. As someone who gets really into the lore in stories, movies, games, etc., I rarely find something with the detail and potential to be something so amazing as this. If I hadn't had to force myself to stop reading so I could sleep and go to work, I would have read it all at once. Still managed to read it in two sessions and was worth how exhausted I'll feel at work tonight. Uh, the next one is from Carrie. It is also a five out of five star review. And Carrie says, I somehow stumbled 
across this author's work, mostly likely through r slash no sleep, I saw this book, though thought the concept was interesting, and got it on my Kindle. Very, very creepy stories in the Lovecraftian style. I like this book and recommend. And then we have another five-star review from a user named Davey Wayne. <laughs> the review is titled, OMG, exclamation, exclamation. This is a really great book. Congrats to you, Mr. Liebert. I'm shocked and delighted to find that this is your first book. I've been looking for a new author who has a dash of the Lovecraftian and an even bigger dash of satanic seasoning to put in the mix. And ta-da, here he is, the man, Travis Liebert. Hey, people, you better watch out for this guy. And oh, yeah, buy his book. You'll love it. I highly recommend it. I'm looking forward to reading more from this author. He's going to be famous. Wow, uh, that's quite high, high review. Yeah. Travis, how has the reception been generally? I know the book hasn't been out that long. Yeah, um, it's been it hasn't been that long, but uh, it's been really good. Like you said, those reviews I read were pretty impressive. Uh, even on Reddit, I've had people messaging me who got my book based on you know what they read from No Sleep, and they really really enjoy it. I have yet to say any find anyone who doesn't like it. Um, I will eventually, I know, but I haven't yet. But I think a really big common factor is that people just love the mythos. They love the short-form writing of short stories, but they like that it takes place in a greater world where they can make connections and kind of form their own narrative in their head. Well, so I'm Kyle Romines, the host of the Hellbender Book Show. I'm joined by my co-host Joe Mills. And for our listeners out there, we have author Travis Weaver. With us, he's the author of the book Things Undone, a horror story anthology that is currently number one on Amazon in multiple categories, the smashing success. Moving on from Things Undone, just some questions more general about you, Travis, and your authorship. Um, the first one is the most obvious question. What do you have next? What comes after Things Undone? So, um, frankly, after this, I was planning on working on my fantasy novel, but I just can't seem to tear myself away from horror stories. I've been writing on No Sleep pretty frequently lately, even after the book came out, and uh, I've been, I just can't stop thinking about the mythos, really, as silly as it is, because I'm the one who made it. But, yeah, so I think I might really just double down on working on these stories, trying to build the greater world in which they take place, and probably working on the next anthology, maybe a novel. Ooh, any ideas for novels that you're kicking around in the horror genre? Um, so, like you said, The Grey King is one you really liked, and he's personally my favorite, I suppose, character within the mythos, God, if you will. Uh, it's also one of my favorite stories, and there's really a lot you can do with it, and I think it could easily be turned into a full novel. Uh, I started working on a short story called The Angel, which um, I don't want to give it away. It's a little tough to describe because it isn't fully fleshed out yet either, but it's becoming rather long, so I may turn that into most likely not a novel, but a relatively long novella. Okay. Now, where can readers go, where can our listeners go to find out more about you and your books? Yeah, so um, like I said before, my books are available on Amazon. Um, you just search Travis Lieber. Fortunately, there's not many of those. And uh, in addition to that, I have – you can find me on Reddit. I'm 
u slash Travis Liebert for my user profile and then r slash Travis Liebert for my own subreddit. In addition to that, I actually have my own website, which is just travislebert.com. You can find kind of an overview of me. I've got a blog post about who I am as a little more fleshed out and more in-depth than I can usually convey in addition to links to my books. Now, what do you like best about being a – oh, I'm sorry, Joe. Were you going to say something? Actually, I think Travis had another comment. Yeah, I was just going to say I forgot to uh, shamelessly plug my social media. Um, so in addition to finding me there, you can find me on Instagram. It's just Travis Liebert and Tumblr is Travis Liebert. And my Facebook page is just Travis Liebert. If you'd like to like that. Now, what do you like best about writing Travis? And also what do you like least? So what I like best is, um, I think what I like best, man, that's a tough question. I really, really enjoy when people read my stories and I see them get excited about it, especially that's something I've seen recently, like I said, with my mythos where they're building these connections and wondering what happens next. And there's just so many paths they can take. It's a lot more divergent than a novel. So there's a lot more opportunities. And I see a lot of people message me, like asking like, so what about this? What about this? Or they'll message me and say, do these two stories you know, connect? Like, is that, were these clever references? And I'll be like, maybe wink. Um, <laughs> so I think that's one of my favorite parts. In addition to just really fleshing out that world, fleshing out various narratives and trying to make it complex but still compelling and not convoluted. As far as the worst part, ah, that's tough. Um, I feel like the worst part is that it doesn't really end. Like as a writer, obviously you can take days off if you'd like, but it doesn't feel like you have days off. It's every day you could write. You always have the opportunity. Your laptop's always there so there's kind of this constant pressure to be like why not write right now you've got five minutes you can pump out a few words why not do it so it can be stressful but at the same time I feel like the satisfaction and the enjoyment of just doing it is certainly well worth it now something that our listeners might not know about you you are you wear many hats so you are a self-published now you are a published through petrifying pages which you also are a co-publisher of. You have an upcoming story in the uh, impending or upcoming uh, Hellbender uh, short story anthology, Hellbent. But how did you get involved in publishing, and what is it like running a business at 20? Yeah, so uh, first regarding the Hellbender anthology, um, that's a story being submitted uh, through Hellbender, which is like a subsidiary press of Sunbury. And... uh, that's actually that's called the mimics. It is very well, somewhat similar to my story, the mimic inside things undone, but they're they diverge a little because one doesn't work within the mythos. Um, now regarding my publishing, so Jacob Romains and I, who I work with a lot, decided to kind of open our own small publishing business that we're, you know, kind of focused on on-demand printing. Uh, social media as far as marketing goes and just publishing using the internet to its fullest extent without investing the insane amount of money usually necessary for traditional publishing as far as the company goes. Um, And one reason we did that was for us in, in the age of modern technology, it felt like just the publishing process is incredibly slow. You know, if you submit something to a big publisher, you'd be lucky if it's out in a year. But 
I know from firsthand experience that it doesn't take that long to get something out. So we learned to kind of make things faster and more efficient and more capable of communication with the author as well. We try to focus very heavily on communicating with the author and representing their vision as clearly and perfectly as possible because that's something you don't get a lot of control of in traditional publishing. So we opened Pure Print Publishing, of which Petrifying Pages is a subsidiary press. Um, and, yeah, it's an interesting venture being only 20 years old and trying to run your own business. I don't even know how to do my own taxes, so how the heck am I supposed to know how to do my business's taxes? God knows. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's tough. You know, it's a lot of work, constant communication with various clients and authors, um, as well as making sure our contracts are fine and getting covers and editing done. But it's also enjoyable because I really do enjoy seeing how excited people get knowing that their work's going to be published, that it's going to be out there for people to see and read. And uh, also being able to do that on a personal level, which you really don't get with a lot of publishers. Now, if someone in our audience is listening and they're an aspiring writer or author, what would you suggest they do if they're interested in getting in contact with Petrifying Pages or Pure Print Publishing? Yeah, so uh, if you're interested in getting published with our company, we'd be happy to uh, look at your manuscript. You can go to pureprintpublishing.com to kind of look at our um, general requirements and what we represent and who we are. And uh, we're looking for all genres, so don't worry if you don't think you're going to write someone's job, we don't care. Um, and then, you know, look at our requirements. Our email's on there. It's pureprintpublishing at gmail.com and get in contact with us, and we'll be happy to talk to you. And for listeners out there interested in the Hellbent upcoming horror anthology, of which Travis's story, The Mimics, is a part, Hellbender you can find as an imprint of Sunbury Press, so sunburypress.com. They have many books and many genres that are worth checking out, including my novel, The Keeper of the Crows, and Atonement. Moving on from your business, your publishing business, Travis, do you have what are some of your favorite books? So as I've stated before, um I'm a really big fan of Thomas Ligotti and he's got a few collections out. I believe my favorite of his would be Noctuary. Um it's actually probably one of the least known of his, but I think it's my absolute favorite. I love the stories in it. Um aside from that, I'm a big fan of Stephen King. It's pretty good. Uh, I also like his book, Desolation, which I haven't read in a long time. Um, other stories I really enjoy, like I said, this is a shameless plug. Jacob's book, something other, but genuinely it's very good. I love reading it. I read it all in like a night and a half. Um, in addition, once again, shameless plug, yours, Kyle. I really love your fantasy series with the Warden um, of Fail and... Uh, I think it's a really intriguing series. I haven't finished it yet. I've just finished the first book uh, last summer, and I haven't gotten around to the second, but I intend to read it and look forward to where it goes. And what is your writing process like, Travis? When you, I, for example, sometimes narrate my books by using a microphone. I know some people are pantsers and plotters. And, and what you, how do you sit down and write a book? Um, so for me, the process is, 
currently I'm kind of taking a break, but when I'm actually working towards a particular goal, like finishing things undone, I definitely set a daily workout. Um, when I was doing things undone, uh, I was still juggling a school and a job and all kinds of stuff. So I was setting it pretty low, usually 500 words, but that's still plenty. I mean, 500 words, that's a novel in four months. Uh, regarding my actual process, I don't really do narration. I, it's not something I'm opposed to. I just haven't gotten into it. I do just like the process of typing. Um, uh, a lot of times I'll just sit down. Plotting's a big thing for me. Uh, I'll plot pretty generally, and then I pants as in just kind of make up the rest as I'm on the fly. But the general overarching thing, especially the beginning and the end, I feel are important to plot. As far as the actual writing goes, I alternate between doing a timed thing and just writing. Sometimes I'll just sit down and I'll write. Other times I like to set a timer for myself and say, okay, five minutes, get 100 words out in five minutes. That's not particularly difficult. Uh, and it's a really great way to increase how much you can write per day. Now, before we get to our final questions, Joe, do you have any more excerpts to read from Things Undone? Uh, I know if you have the free preview available, you probably have access to the very first short story. Um, I do actually, I did actually purchase the book. Let's see if I can pull something up here. Give me just a moment. I don't, I've never actually done this through the web. While Joe is pulling that up, I will ask another question. Do you have any advice for new authors, Travis, people interested in writing? So for new authors, um, you know, I'm still pretty new myself, pretty young. Uh, I feel like the best way to do this is kind of just steal some advice. Uh, I think Neil Gaiman is really great as far as just motivating people to write. He kind of issues and doesn't sit with the elitism that a lot of authors have, and he's very conversational. And his whole point is that just do it. Like, it's not going to be fun all the time. A lot of times it's going to suck. And getting those words out, they're going to sound terrible every time you type it. And that's fine. It's just about getting the first draft out. You know, do it every day. Um, And as Neil Gaiman says, make good art. It's important. And don't judge yourself too harshly because you're certainly going to judge yourself way harder than anyone else will. All right, Joe, are you ready to rock and roll? I did actually find one of the uh, poems at the end of one of the stories, I'm not going to say which one. I want the readers to find it, but I do actually really like it, and I want to read it out. So, he is the vice-filled, angry heart of the ancient shattered prime, poised to tear the world apart, for now he bides his time. He lies, insi- he lies inside a mortal being, a chrysalis of skin. He hides there, waiting, hating, seeing, festering in sin. Until the day the small god wakes, he'll burst from out his shell. The sun will dim, the earth will quake, the world will know his hell. Canto 83, The Book of Zalok. Not going to lie, that actually kind of gave me the creeps. (laughs) Oh, trust me, Joe. If you you read the books, I wasn't kidding when I said these stories will stay with you. Things Undone, I... For everyone listening out there, it is one of the two best horror anthologies of 2019. Yeah, and uh, to speak to that a little, Kyle, um, actually, 
I think that's an important thing for me when writing short stories. Longer form fiction is a little different, but short stories, especially the way I write them, I feel like they're supposed to stick with you and kind of have some kind of meaning or at least effect. Um, and a quote I heard, I can't for the life of me remember who said it, but uh, someone asked an author what they considered good poetry, and he said that it's good poetry if I read it, and when I walk away, I'm a different person. And I feel like that should apply to short stories as well. Now, we are almost finished with our interview, but I have one more question for you and then a surprise. But my okay. last question for you, Travis, and I try to ask this of everyone who comes on the show, most of the time we don't write in a vacuum. We have, in my case, I have parents, I have friends that I bounce my stories off of. I'm lucky to have wonderful editors and proofreaders and cover artists and a whole and whole teams. Um, tell me, who is there anyone you would like to thank uh, live on the radio for your for their help? Um, yeah. Uh, once again, he's coming up again, Jacob Romine. He was with me throughout it all. He kind of inspired me to write this. He also, we've been competitive our entire life, and this was sort of a way of competing with him, and that's great. I love it. You know, I'm a competitive person. Uh, additionally, I want to thank you, Kyle. I mean, you helped me edit some, and also – just really seeing your enthusiasm when you read my stories really helped motivate me to make them better and write more. Uh, in addition to that, my friends, Abby, Ronan, uh, Lily, uh, Sarah Littlehale was a huge um, source of support. She supported me more than I would have expected. And uh, also seeing her enthusiasm about my stories too. As soon as it came out, she got the paperback and started underlining her favorite passages and finished it in the day. So, Really, my thanks goes out to all those people. And one last time to remind all of our listeners out there, the book is Things Undone, a horror anthology that has been number one in several categories on Amazon. The author is Travis Liebert. You can get Things Undone on Amazon in Kindle for 99 cents. That's only 99 cents. And 1099 for paperback. And Travis, it is worth every penny. Travis is an author to watch. It is in, for a first for his first effort in the horror genre. Um, these these are stories that are going to stay with you. This is a mythos that is really it's, it's devastating to read sometimes, but it, it does he doesn't pull any punches. Now, having said all that, we I try to sometimes end our interviews on a fun note by giving by telling Joe Mills to come up with a random mystery question and put you on the spot. Joe, do you have one for us? Right. Certainly. So here is the preface for this. Um, whenever writing this type of horror, generally people will read this and something in the book, or maybe some things, will stick with them and will stay with them for the rest of their lives and it will alter their reality, their perception of reality, which is in fact their reality. Now, Travis, for you, when you were writing this, when you got done, when you submitted it and you said, okay, it's good, you metaphorically put your signature on it and said, I'm done, what did you learn about yourself after you wrote this book? What was like the biggest takeaway for you on an emotional level when you got done? Um, like I said, this is really my first major and sincere venture into prose work and to making anything kind of 
long and significant and really working at it every day for a while. And finishing it, it was sort of just this message that like, oh, like you can do this. Like, you can finish a novel-length work. Um, and in addition to that, rereading the stuff that I wrote months ago that I haven't looked at and realizing that it sounds good was like, oh, not only can you do this, but you're pretty decent at it. I actually distinctly remember opening my Kindle app and I happened to have my own book open. I didn't realize it. And I just started reading because I didn't know what I had open. And I got about a paragraph and a half in and I'm like, wow, this is really good. And then I see something, I'm like, wait, that's my idea. And then I realized that I was reading my own work. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, so maybe when I'm not so biased, I'm actually pretty good. So I think just realizing that I can make it as an author and that I can finish long and significant works is the big takeaway for me. Okay, so that sense of that sense of voyage and accomplishment. So I can I I can do it. I have done it. I'm pretty good at it. Yeah. Okay, I like it. Well, Travis, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, your book is really, really good. I can't recommend it highly enough. Uh, again, if you're listening, and I know this is like the hundredth time I've done this, but I'm very passionate about this book. It is Things Undone. The author is Travis Liebert. You can get it now for only 99 cents on Amazon. And Travis, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I had a great time talking to you guys and uh, really enjoyed hearing what you all had to say as well. All right, this has been the Hellbender Radio Show. I'm your host, Kyle Alexander Romines, and was joined by my host, Joe Mills. Um, thank you so much for listening, and have a wonderful evening. Oh.